If you missed last week's Woman in Supply Chain episode, you don't know what you're missing. I got to know this amazing lady when she whisked me off to the Houston rodeo to give me a taste of Texas last February. And now Claudia is the head of supply chain for Google. Hear what she has to say over at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 101 or on our new Woman in Supply Chain page. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. I grew up with supply chain in my blood. I spent eight years in logistics operations and another eight in sales talking to shippers and BCOs, learning all about their pain points. Visibility is one of the biggest blockers to supply chain performance and knowing where your cargo is, well, that's just the beginning. What you really want to do is avoid surprises. Terminal 49 is an ocean freight visibility platform that's out to change the game for importers and brokers. They provide an easy to use unified dashboard with track and trace functionality to replace querying hundreds of separate steamship line and terminal websites. Just by entering the bill of lading number, you will receive proactive alerts when there's an ETA change, container holds, or anything that requires action. Best of all, they can automatically update all the data you need for forecasting directly in the systems you use today, even spreadsheets. Check out Terminal49.com forward slash LTSC to learn more about Terminal 49 and they've agreed to give Let's Talk Supply Chain listeners 20% off their first year. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. We are well on our way in Q1, only a few more weeks left of winter. Well, in Canada, at least, we are hoping that we are almost out of winter. TPM is just around the corner and things are happening so fast in this industry that sometimes it's just hard to keep up. Well, we hopefully do that for you. Make sure to follow Let's Talk Supply Chain on LinkedIn for the latest news and subscribe to the SC Supply Chain TV on YouTube where you will hear from Irina Roska every single week in our Supply Chain Minute. Plus, there is so much more great content at letstalksupplychain.com. Finally, on the show today, we are bringing together manufacturing and technology. We are featuring a company that you may or may not have heard of, but trust me when I tell you, you won't ever forget them after you listen to this episode. Before I reveal who that might be, let's get to the question of the week. So the question I asked, and this was a really fun one, we got a lot of great responses. What is your supply chain addiction? Well, over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, we had Schneeha says, I have to say that the fact that supply chain truly requires collaboration across multiple cross-functional teams, and that is something that I enjoy. Tim, the impossible possible. Rob, the chase of a faster and more efficient service to beat customer expectation. Anthony Gordon, I enjoy the mechanics of the process and watching it work. John, I think a large part is the forward thinking roles we play within our respective companies. Enrique, for me, it is the great mix of a little bit of everything. Michael says, 
I've enjoyed participating in the evolution of supply chain management from a cost center to a source of creating and sustaining competitive advantage. Mark Ports, I put up a world map and marked every supplier worldwide. It was a, a discussion point every time a customer would visit. Patrick J. Allen, the client gains I help enable after earning their trust and truly collaborating. Jessica, creativity, never taking no for an answer. Kathy, exactly. The one great piece of advice I was given from a mentor years ago is that if you don't ask, you may never get. Olivier, system thinking, Rawa, it's the complex puzzle solver in me. Jan, it's like a never-ending escape room. Wow, amazing. Alberto, visibility. And then we have Dehan, being able to navigate in this complex environment, especially in the cold chain. Eva, able to develop solutions to changing complexity and need to balance varying cross-functional objectives each and every day. Kathy, I think that supply chain has changed dramatically. Cedric, the constant change. Victor says the same. Another Michael says the end consumer. Um, everything begins with the end customer. Marion, it's the challenges. It's the ability to satisfy the customer. Over on my LinkedIn page, it was quite the conversation, let me tell you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of these. Mark Raffin, he says the people, Brian, it's that it's evident every detail a team member brings is essential to the end goal. Amanda Prochaska also says, hands down, it's the people. Shauna Baker, great question. I have to say my answer may surprise folks, but what I love most about the industry is complexity. Joy, I am in love with your last sentence. Seeing the satisfaction from a client for a successful project makes me happy. Irina Roska, I like to play chess and I love strategy. So this is the one profession where I get to play my favorite game every single day. Anthony Clervy, building trust and solving real problems for our members. Derek Mizisak. He says, I would say the variety within supply chain, the baton gets passed through many different functions. Christopher Thornton Jr., the daily humbling experience. So many constantly changing parts. Erica Howell, she was on our Woman in Supply Chain series. Behind every, every great brand is at least one supply chain person who is willing to think differently. Jerome, supply chain management is so dynamic and you have to be adaptable and able to synthesize very quickly all the new innovations and trends. Felisa, she was on one of my panels last year. The sweet sorrow of adapting to change. Angie Reno, the people no doubt because supply chain requires integration and teamwork. And I could go on. Julie Shum, the social aspects Carrie Miller, there's something to be said for bringing excellent cadence among many moving ele elements. Ruben, having customers trust my ability to make smart and sound business decisions. Hans Cremor, be before I knew it was, I was already addicted to operations and supply chain. I think he's even talking about a story from when he was a kid and how he got addicted. Over on Twitter, the Canadian Alliance says the autonomous growth of the industry. 
Maven Voyage says these days converting tribal knowledge into machine learning. And over on Instagram, we also had a great conversation. Rutvik B, it's about the design. Uh, Tanvir says finding out the pain points of the customer. And uh, somebody else says demand driven. For more of this conversation, I'm sorry if I wasn't able to get to absolutely everybody who commented but we will have that conversation over at letstalksupplychain.com or you can visit the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page or my LinkedIn page to see the rest of the conversation there. Thank you to everyone who weighed in this week. Remember to join the fun every single Wednesday on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, if you commented, you will have a shout out on an upcoming episode. So back to this week's episode, have no fear, Suchi is here. From startups to enterprise, Suchi is changing the supply chain game and the way we handle manufacturing in fashion. They have found a way to transform the future of American apparel manufacturing with custom in-house technology. I am really excited that they are here and to talk more about what they are doing. But first, let's get to know Suchi Ramesh. She founded Suchi Inc. after a 10-year career in technology and predictive data analytics. Analytics. Suchi Inc. is a next generation supply chain platform for fashion brands and retailers. The company's hyper growth has been possible through the development and use of the Suchi Grid and Suchi's curated network of freelancers, factories, and mills. Suchi is providing customers with an end to end view of their supply chains and using predictive data analytics and advanced technology to digitally transform the industry. So welcome to the show, Suchi Ramesh. Thank you. It's, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, because fashion is a huge part of our daily lives and it's under scrutiny no matter where you turn, whether it's fast fashion and sustainability, whether it's the latest trends, whether it's the latest renting phenomenon or even the latest subscription box. But behind all of that is supply chain. You know, the sourcing, procurement, manufacturing, transportation, distribution and delivery. But today we are going to focus on the men manufacturing component. And so I can't wait to get started. Why don't you tell us the story behind the brand and what your background is? Yeah, for sure. So my background, um, I'm actually a software engineer with an MBA in software. So a pretty nerdy past and, and, and quite love being a nerd. I was, um, I started my career with Intel in their supply chain analytics division. And then I went on to join two different venture-backed tech companies uh, both of which became unicorns while I was with them. Um, so it was a very fascinating time um, and very formative, influenced my worldview, uh, being with two enterprise B2B companies um, in the predictive data space. Uh, but it gave me a really uh, cool insight into what it took culturally, but also from a business model standpoint, uh, to use technology um, to scale uh, to scale companies. Um, and so when I wanted to start Suchi Inc, um, one of the hypotheses was just in observing the world around us, saw that uh, technology was transforming also a lot of legacy industries like construction, insurance, hospitality, transportation, um, and saw an opportunity to do the same uh, with the fashion supply chain. So that's really what uh, this, this Suchi Inc business model um, has evolved to be. Um, so we're about three and a half years plus in age. And uh, the Suchi grid is the spinal cord and the backbone to the entire company. 
So it's a cloud-based intuitive system, minute-to-minute data tracking analytics uh, for all the participants across the supply chain, whether it be brands, factories, fabric mills. Um, And the grid sits on top of a network of uh, about 400 factories in the Western Hemisphere today. Uh, One of those factories is our own in our headquarters in Carlstad, New Jersey. Um, So through the software and, and the factories, uh, we have a very unique business model with our customers who are all large, very large, uh, mid-size and small brands. So we work with about 220 brands today. Um, and what we give them is a full solution. So we, through through the factories, we're actually designing and producing physical product. Uh, but we're also selling the software as a part of that solution because they are able to digitize the supply chain. Um, and see where everything is, where everything is, and and also get um, data tracking and analytics along with it. Um, so um, as the software has gotten stronger, it's it's also a separate solution on its own. Uh, but that's us at at a, at a super high level. I love that. So I've had you know some experience with fashion in the past, and <laughs> I know that you know supply chain really isn't a focus, even though, you know, it's really driving the business and it's really important to business success. And so I think what you are doing over at Suchi is great because you're allowing them to not only focus on what they do best, which is fashion, especially in the small to medium size space. And you're, you know, letting them focus on that while giving them all the tools that they need to make sure that to make sure that they have business business success, especially through their supply chain, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we see that uh, some of the most successful brands out there, um, they're really successful because of their focus on branding, sales and marketing. Right. But oftentimes, they're not spending enough time thinking about how do you scale the brand? And scaling the brand is a function of your supply chain infrastructure, but also the investments in technology. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are really happy to be in the back end. Um, Our um, really our motto and the business model and the pitch to the customers is look, look, focus on what you do best, focus on the sales, marketing and the branding. And then we take care of everything in the back end, which is your entire supply chain, uh, but also helping you have a position on tech and 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 a thesis on technology so that you could digitize your supply chain along the way as you're scaling your brand. Absolutely. So you're you're focused on their success as a business, which, you know, I think in itself is going to set you apart because that is a critical component of that partnership that everybody's really looking for in business. They want to work with somebody who's going to not only allow them to do what they do best, but also look at the future and make sure that they're successful as a business as well. Because then you just, you know, I love the word collaboration and collaboratively you both grow. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think this is a very um, unique time in the in the history of, of um, companies, right? Because there's never been a better time to start a business. Um, and uh, if you look at the number of new brands starting up every day, um, first of all, there's a lot more new companies starting up every day in general than, than ever before. Uh, but especially in the fashion industry, um, the number of brands starting up, but even higher. Um, and, and I think it's a confluence of many things. Um, you know, you don't really have to do a custom website anymore. You don't have to do any custom legal work. There's a lot of these off-the-shelf software products that allow you to get a business up and running. Right. Um, and and then on the other side, um, you know, brands are really able to get out there on social media and talk about what they're offering. 
So we're really that third piece. So getting a business off the ground is easier. Connecting with the consumers is easier. And then we complete the puzzle in terms of then in terms of getting your product and having a tech, the technology to scale it. We then complete that piece and allow brands to say, okay, not only am I able to connect with the consumer, I now have a company, but I also have a supply chain partner that can help me scale. Right, right. Which is exactly what this industry needs. So I want to talk to you about some of the challenges that the fashion industry is facing today, um, especially when it comes to their supply chains. Can we talk a little bit about what those challenges are? Yes. Um, so there's it, some of it, the challenges um, are probably consistent, whether you're an enterprise brand or a mid-sized brand or a startup. And then some of the challenges also vary depending on the size and the stage of the company that you're at, right? So let's start with what what the common themes are across all. I'd say speed to market, no matter what size you are, you want to be fast. You want to have the ability to respond to your consumer really fast. Uh, you want to be able to um, provide variety in designs, meaning that um, it's, it's good to have um, a couple of core products that the customers resonate with. But if you want to grow over time, you, you also need to be able to have variety in design and respond to what the, the consumer tastes are. Um, and then as you start to look at some other challenges, um, especially if you start to look at brands that are scaling, like once you get past being sort of quote-unquote a startup and you're scaling fast or you're a really well-established enterprise brand, you want to think about diversifying your supply chain. And I think right. the brands that don't do that or the retailers that don't do that Every time there's a macroeconomic problem, then, you know, the, the impact of the business is kind of severe. Um, obviously, a lot in the news about all the back and forth on the tariffs. Um, but beyond that, it's, it's just we also see that um, once you start scaling and you, know, you have an established brand, the, the, the companies that are successful are the ones that are given a lot of thought and invested in thinking about how do you diversify the supply chain, not just because it protects you from macroeconomic variables, um, but but you're also leveraging each geography for the best of breed um, talent and and, uh, and machines for the kind of products that you want to make. You know, you may always have these, for lack of a better word, more of the commodity items like a T-shirt or a hoodie, let's say that's your best seller. And you want to do it in large quantities in Vietnam, but you may want the rest of your supply chain to be done closer to home in North America, Central or South America, where you know, maybe you're not making millions of units, you're making tens of thousands of units and you're making it faster. So just diversifying supply chain um, and how to do that. So one is a strategy for that, but then implementing it. Um, and a lot of brands find that difficult to do because it's not an easy thing to do, right? Um, and then I'd say the fourth piece um, is tech. Uh, we, mm -hmm. we see that this industry struggles with thinking about technology for supply chains. There's a lot of software out there for the front end, meaning if you want to connect with your consumers, uh, you know, we spoke about this some, a, a few minutes ago, but you, it's easy to get on social. It's easy to get a Shopify account and you can be up and running with a virtual store in no time. But if you look at the upstream, right, which is tracking your fabrics, tracking um, the design part um, and then connecting that to the production process and having an end-to-end -end view of the supply chain. Um, and, and, then, and then once you collect the data, what do you do with the data? And then how do you define an analytic strategy and create and get actionable insights to determine um, and to make better decisions? So, so that's the part I think that's a big challenge is 
um, is that supply chains have not been digitized, they're not connected. And then even if they're connected, uh, companies don't know what to do with the data. So, so that's another piece that we see as a challenge and that we're excited to help with. Yeah, I like that you highlighted um, the fact that getting started is easy, <laughs> um, yeah. but making smarter decisions is along really, yeah, along the way is really, you know, the path to success in any industry, in any business really, but specifically for the fashion industry as well. You talked yeah. about diversifying supply chain and how a lot of you know fashion companies are finding that challenging. Can you talk a little bit more about diversifying? What should they be doing? Are they, you know, looking at or making sure they've got two suppliers for a specific fabric, um, making sure that they're in different countries, you know, to avoid tariff issues. What do you mean exactly by diversifying the supply chain? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, just to dig a little bit deeper, I, for one, I think it's easier to, to, to look at it from the lens of what should you not do? Um, so for example, things that you shouldn't do is have hundred percent of your production in one country or, um, have um, so that's that's a lot of people. A lot of companies, even some of the biggest ones, uh, um, they've invested so much time and resources in. You know, let's take the example of China, right? If hundred percent or ninety percent plus of your products are coming from China, uh, when a certain um, issue like a tariff hits, then it's going to have a big impact. Uh, so I'd say the one thing um, is how do you have a presence across. Uh, more countries. Um, but of course, that's easier said than done. Um, so a lot of companies find that tough to do in terms of diversifying uh, because it takes three things. It takes talent, um, you know, you're, you, you know, having brand design um, skill sets does not, is not the same as having sourcing and supply chain talent. And those that finding that talent is very tough. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing is this industry still requires, and although we're a technology company um, that also has supply, so, so, you know, we take a multidisciplinary approach. So we're a tech company, but we're also a manufacturing platform of factories, right? Um, so the, the, the other part of it is, is that, look, for me, coming with a background in, in fashion, I'm sorry, in software and not having a background in fashion, it would have been easier to just build a software product. But in order to truly transform and diversify supply chain, you also need feet on the ground. You can't just take a tech approach and say that's going to solve everything. So that's another, going back to your question, that's another challenge is um, even once you start device, devising a supply chain strategy, and let's say you also have the talent, then the third thing is figuring out, hey, I need feet on the ground in these countries because if I don't have that, I, I can't really execute against the strategy. Uh, and, and then, of course, finally, we spoke about this is the tech, right? So I think that's probably why it's challenging, which is how do you find the right people? Um, how do you make sure that you have the talent spread across these different places? Um, and then finally, how do you make sure that um, there are no communica communication chasms? Um, and that's where finding the right kind of software comes into play as well. So, But I think if you address these things, just talent uh, and finding a way to even diversify your talent to a certain extent, which technology can solve for if you have the right kind of software, then you can mitigate the need um, to to really have people all over the place as well. 
Great. Yeah. And I would agree with that. And that's some really good advice for our listeners. Obviously, um, I've spoken in the past about supply chain talent and you're right. You know, it's hard to find, but absolutely necessary to really help you with those, with those goals. So there's absolutely. Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why I was excited to have you guys on here, learn so much more about what you are doing. One is that you're women owned. um, And everybody knows that with my woman in supply chain series, um, you know, love that about the company. But as I was doing, yeah, I think that it's, you know, a huge accomplishment. And I, you know, I'm going to pause here and say congratulations, because I know as well as, you know, a woman owned business, it's not easy. Yeah, thank you. It's been it's it's definitely been really exciting. It's a great team. We have fantastic people around us. And um, it's definitely a team effort. Awesome. And I love to hear that because again, collaboration is is my word on that. So as I was doing my research for this interview, I noticed that you talk a lot about transparency. I mean, you know, this is something that most service providers have struggled with for their customers. People talk about it yeah. all the time in supply chain, you know, transparency. So, um, you know, what does set you apart from the competition? And is there any competition really? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, competition is um, um, we. Uh, it's a little difficult to define um, because we take a multidisciplinary approach, right? Again, we're a tech company, and then we're also delivering physical product because we're a, a network of factories. So we are a supply chain manager and the supply chain software provider, and we believe that providing both makes us a stronger partner for brands. So as we think about competition, you know, we have, of course, this factories. Um, all across the world, um, including in um, the Western Hemisphere. But we think of the factories as sort of an ally um, because the factories could also connect to our grid and uh, and we're able to, um, especially with some of the smaller factories, provide work to them. Uh, so one way of looking at it is the, the, the factories could be considered competition, but we look at it in a different way where we really consider them complementary or an ally. And then, of course, there are the tech players, the pure play tech players, the PLMs and the ERPs. Um, and, uh, and in the same way, we're not competing really with the PLMs and ERPs directly. Um, in fact, we sit as, as a very easy foundational wrapper across an existing tech stack. So if a young brand doesn't have a PLM, then we recommend that they just use the grid and that they don't need to invest money in a PLM. Um, but if they already have a PLM, we're also able to effectively sit on top of that um, and connect the rest of their supply chain. So I guess the answer to the question is there are pockets of what we do that um, other companies do as well, um, but but we kind of sit in between, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Can I just stop you there for a second? What does PLM stand for? Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's a project lifecycle management um, or a product lifecycle management software. So okay. um, typically a lot of brands uh, invest in a PLM where they have uh, they have the ability to track um, they create assets and track across, you know, say CADs and tech packs and patterns, et cetera, right? So it's, it, it tracks the life cycle mainly of the product development process. Perfect. No, just for any of the listeners that might not know what that is, um, just wanted yes. to uh, define that for them. And, you know, I mentioned that transparency really is one of your major differentiators. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? You know, how do you, you know, make the supply chain more transparent? Yeah, so transparency is a word that's um, 
talked about a lot, right? A lot of brands talk about it. A lot of service providers talk about it. Uh, so the first thing we always uh, say to brands is it's important to define what transparency means to them so that we could deliver against the expectations. But what we mean by transparency and, and what how we achieve help achieve that for brands is that we're able to uh, show where everything is at any point in time. Uh, mm. There's no black holes. There's no question of not knowing uh, when something is going to be delivered uh, because everything is digitally connected and, and the data the, the data provides facts. Um, so to us, having the entire supply chain connected, having all the entities having one version of truth is what we mean by transparency because we're able to trace everything, we're able to track everything. Um, and so then there's no questions on what the origin of something is or if a factory is connected, you know the certifications of the factories. and you know, that there's fair working conditions. Um, so to us, transparency means visibility, one version of truth and the ability to track and trace. I like your definition of that. Um, I Thank think, you. Yeah, because I think, you know, visibility and transparency means different things to different people and different players in the supply chain. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's okay to have different definitions, right? So uh, I, I think brands have to start with what does transparency mean to them? For some brands, it may just be um, transparency into the kind of fabrics they use. To us, as a B2B uh, technology platform, how we deliver transparency to our brands is, uh, is, by, is, is a data-driven solution. Right? So we use data to connect everything. And hence, we're able to provide visibility and trackability. So that's that's our definition of how we empower brands with transparency. But it's it's okay that uh, for a brand that's consumer facing, their definition may be something that resonates with their end consumers, and that's okay. But it's important to define it, um, and uh, so that the word is not loosely thrown around. I I would definitely agree with that. So we're coming to the favorite part, my favorite part of the show, um, because I love it when brands get to paint a picture of how exactly they work with customers and, um, you know, the listeners, the community, potential customers can really understand what they would receive, you know, as benefits um, of working with you. So walk us through that example, um, you know, of how you've helped a customer achieve success in digitizing their supply chains? Yeah, so customers work with us in, uh, you know, at the high level, one of two ways. Um, so we call it customer A and customer B. Uh, so a customer A, let's say, is a mid-sized brand. They have ongoing production of uh, a lot of their regular styles, but they also are looking to release new styles. So how we would work with them is we have a team of designers um, and pattern makers that would, um, you know, and, and again, all of this entire process is connected on the grid. Um, so customer A is working with us to uh, use our software to connect the entire supply chain, but they're also using our supply chain to actually get their products designed and made. Um, so let's say this customer has two types of products. One type of product is, uh, say, a style that has all has been selling for them for the last 10 years, and they know they have a good forecast on how many units they need of the product. Um, so then our factories are making this product in regular cycles and pushing it out, say, every week or every two weeks. Um, and we have accurate forecasts for these. So this is just a matter of replenishment. And then the same customer also has, um, you know, these new styles that have to go through product development. So their forecast here may not be as accurate, uh, but that's okay because the whole idea is to have variety in designs. And our design team is pushing out silhouettes that 
um, that resonate with the aesthetic of the brand and their consumers. Um, and then we may be making relatively smaller batches of these so they could push it out and see what is taking. So, you know, mostly we recommend that they have a combination of these, right? So that you have your regular items, but you're also staying, um, you're, you're also staying uh, close to the pulse of the consumer. And then whether it's a regular replenishment or it's a smaller batch new design, everything then just goes into the, the third-party logistics warehouse we have um, where things are stored and shipped. And then through this whole process from the start to the end, which is sourcing of the material, designing the new styles, uh, producing um, the replenishment of the existing styles and the new styles, and then stocking and shipping is all connected on the grid. Um, so let's say when a new style is created, all a customer has to do is log into the grid and say, okay, this, these are a pair of slacks and I, um, you know, in a pair of like, you know, work pants and I, and I, it's been, um, the CAD and tech pack has been just completed and it's going into the creation of, let's say a marker, but I know that exactly in two weeks from now, the product would be cut. I know in exactly three weeks from now, we're going to have the first production batch ready um, and then it's going to be ready for shipping in four weeks from now. So the grid really provides not just a historic tracker, but also future dates, everything to a point of accuracy, because in the back end, the assignments have been made to the factory. So that's one type of customer. The second type of customer is just using our software, right? So let's talk about a really large um, vertically integrated brand in South America, as an example. Um, and these guys have about 12 different brands. They have about 80 factories that are making their products. Again, they're vertically integrated. Um, so their products go into catalogs. Um, and then they're also going into retail stores. Um, and, and so in this case, they have a pretty well-set uh, network of factories. Uh, what they're really looking for is the ability to use the software to digitize the supply chain and to provide end-to-end -end visibility, data tracking, and analytics. Um, and so in that case... They're we are just their software provider, and then we're onboarding and training uh, the brands and their factories. Um, and in that case, we we just do the we just help them. We we put we have our cloud-based system in their supply chain, and we provide ongoing ongoing support. Um, and then we make sure as well that we're producing analytics reports that give them actionable insights. Wow. With 80 factories, I mean, the connectivity that has to go on in fashion supply chains, just it just seems crazy. You know, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of partners that need to talk to each other for it all to really work and be successful. Absolutely, for sure. And that's, uh, I think that's where the grid becomes the answer to um, to us, that's really a big differentiation. Um, is is this the supply chain for fashion is very complex? Yeah, and um, we believe our software provides a very easy um, way for no, no matter what type of participant you are, whether you're on the factory floor, or you're a brand, or you're a textile mill. Um, the the grid provides uh, an easy, intuitive interface for you to participate. Absolutely. No, I can, I can definitely see that now. So I want to sort of change the conversation a little bit because, you know, sustainability is a trending topic wherever you go, yeah. you know, especially in supply chain. I know it's also a trending topic in fashion. So I want to bring those together because um, earlier you spoke about fair trade, which is a part of mm -hmm. that, you know, sustainability component. Um, and when I 
started the the show, I was talking about how the fashion industry is being scrutinized sort of every day for different things, including yeah. waste, you know, waste and sustainability. So what is your commitment to the part you play in sustainability and waste management on both the fashion and the supply chain components? So there are two things. One is, again, um, we are B2B, right? So uh, the kind of fabrics that we uh, source on behalf of our customers or our brands, it really depends on what kind of voice they have. So for some brands, um, advertising, they, they are branded and advertised as a sustainable brand. And in their case, and then they're very, very conscious about the kind of fabrics they want us to source. And then for other brands, they're... Um, their value system may be different. Maybe it's more about um, having a certain price point that can allow them to reach a wider audience. Um, and not that sustainability is not important to them, but it may just not be a core value that's that's put into their brand statement, right? So first of all, I mean, our job is to really um, put together a supply chain and provide the technology to enable these brands to uh, meet the promises they've set to their consumers. So in some cases, the sustainability is a lot more important to them. And some brands, uh, you know, like I said, it may not be um, one of the, the the top three core values. But irrespective, you know, we always make sure that uh, we uh, the factories in our network, uh, we're taking responsibility to ensure they're certified. Um, and then they we are rating all of our factories on many different parameters. Of course, the standard parameters of, um, of trust and uh, standard parameters of timeliness and quality, uh, but also of trust, uh, compliance, certification, social compliance, um, et cetera. Um, and so that's one, again, just like transparency, sustainability can mean different things. Um, for us from a supply chain standpoint, it's, it's making sure that factories have the right kind of certifications and they're socially compliant. Uh, but then for those brands that really want um, a supply chain that's circular and they want their fabrics to also be sustainable. The, re- the fact that our software extends across a supply chain and also um, it, it also extends to textile mills. So it's easy for factories to see um, the route and the origin of where the materials are coming from. Uh, so that's another way we're able to demonstrate um we're able to empower brands to prove that they're sustainable uh, because they're able to show the visibility and the origin story and the global source map for every product. Yeah, and I would also want to throw in there as well because I could only imagine the efficiencies that you're giving back to the brands. And I'm sure through those efficiencies, you're really able to help them you know, reduce the amount of waste um, that right. maybe previously they had been experiencing. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, and that's where the data and the analytics comes in, right? Yeah. Uh, we really want to take a data-driven approach to allowing brands uh, to have a higher degree of traceability and sustainability. So with the data, they have global source maps, but you're absolutely right. It's also about saying, you know, one of, the, one of our reports, one of our very popular analytics reports off the grid compares the sales metrics to the time-to-make metrics. So oftentimes brands go back to replenish styles that have sold really well but we're urging brands to take a look at how long did this this product take on average to make on the factory floor because the higher the time to make the more the wastage we see that the wastage is kind of correlated with the time to make factor um, so then now the brands see that two styles that sell equally well 
uh, may not be equal in terms of the sustainability metric or the time to make metric. So those are the kind of conversations we want brands to have because we're giving them the data to be able to have visibility into metrics that matter beyond sales. Yeah. And I, you bring up a great point because those are the conversations that we, we need to be having, not only as supply chain professionals, not only as tech, tech, you know, supply chain tech, um, not only brands, you know, everybody needs to be talking about this. We need to be having these conversations because that is the future. I mean, supply chain, I'm going to throw it out there right now. Supply chain is the future of brands and business success. So, you know, having those conversations now um, really is just going to set you apart as a brand. Um, and move you into the future successfully. So I want to get into the future with you. So what is next for Suchi? Like, what are you working on? It's, uh, yeah, it's, we're very excited. Uh, so many things in the future. We, we want to continue to have our technology um, cont- make, make changes, so meaning that we want to use technology, our software, um, as a weapon for brands, as a positive weapon for change. Um, and so um, we are now not just uh, work. We said we have two types of customers. Uh, so customer A uses our supply chain solutions and our tech, and then customer B just uses our software. Um, and so we want to continue to um, help both types of customers succeed with, their, with growing their businesses and help digitize supply chains across the world. Uh, we will continue to raise money. We, we raised our Series A early this year. We'll be raising our Series B next year, which will allow us to continue to invest in growth. Um, and, um, and also a, uh, a larger footprint. We're mostly in the Western Hemisphere right now, so we're excited to expand um, just beyond the zone as well. So really exciting things. Um, and then, of course, we will, we will, we're continuing to add jobs, and, and we're also excited about that. Congratulations. I cannot wait to see what you do next. I mean, closing out the Series A, going into a Series B, it's it's all exciting stuff. You're expanding your team. Um, you're expanding your reach in supply chain, giving you know opportunities to other supply chain professionals. So kudos to you and your team and just wishing you all the best. So innovation is all around Thank us. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. innovation is all around us. Change happening faster than we ever thought possible. And Suchi is at the forefront with smart, effective, and sustainable ideas. This is the kind of innovation we need to transform our supply chains and contribute to the sustainability of our planet. If you would like more information about Suchi Ramesh, Suchi the brand, and this episode, please visit letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 102 or visit their website at suchi that's s-u-u-c-h-i dot com thank you to lizzie Irina, and the team at suchi for reaching out to me and for helping to make this interview a reality and of course thank you so much suchi for joining us on the show today Thank you. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. 
your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you like this episode, check out my episode in season one with Sully Wong or Roger Gingerich about fashion and shoe manufacturing wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Next week, Virgil is coming and joining me here from catapult and he is talking about smarter quoting and making much better rating decisions by using their system so stay tuned because that is coming up next week and if you'd like to support the show there's a few ways to do that follow us follow us on linkedin twitter and instagram subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the sc supply chain tv on youtube next go to ships.com that's s-h-i-p-z.com we are very close so you want to be one of the first ones to sign up and know more about our platform we are looking to work with mid-sized shippers and we are looking to work with forwarders and we're going to cut down the time that you are spending finding pricing and being able to give out pricing as well. Next, go to letstalksupplychain.com under shop. We've got lots of merch for the favorite supply chain professional in your life, as well as the 107 page supply chain dictionary full of acronyms and definitions that you need to succeed in your supply chain career. Next, rate and review the show. Go to iTunes and review the show and you will be mentioned on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.